hours of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. We help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Christina Ellis, number one best-selling author, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. As we answer your questions about your life and your money, open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Jordan is in Rochester, New York, to start us off this hour. Hi, Jordan. How are you? Good. How are you, Dave? Better than we deserve, sir. How can we help? All right. So um, I'm 21, and I just graduated from college this May. Yay! Um, What's your degree in? Yeah. Uh, information systems. Oh, I love it. You got the big job? <laughs> yeah, so I uh, actually was fortunate enough to get a job straight out of the gate, so fortunate enough for that. Yeah, what are you making? Um, a little bit over, um, I'm making 115000 Good um, Lord. And there's some bonuses, yeah. <laughs> straight out of college. That's awesome. Yep. I'm so proud of you. Great Thank job. you. job. Yeah, so my question is, though, I have $14,000 left in federal student loans. Um, and I also have a brokerage account with mutual funds that I've been contributing to um, since I was in high school. And there's $15,000 in those accounts. And I was wondering, is it smarter for me to leave that money in the accounts and set up a payment plan to pay out those federal student loans? Or should I just pull out all the money from those mutual funds and pay them off now? Three years from now, the answer mathematically will be almost equivalent. Okay. Okay. But if I woke up in your shoes and you are an impressive young man, uh, Thank you. I, I would write a check today and be debt free. Okay. And along with that, the more important part of the conversation is this commitment to get out of debt, stay out of debt, and avoid debt permanently. That process, that promise to yourself will make you wealthy. Gotcha. Because if you don't have any payments uh, and you make 100 grand at 21 years old, you can can become wealthy, dude. And you're going to be a millionaire. You're going to be a millionaire by the time you're 30. I'm hoping. No, you will be. If you do the stuff I teach you to do on this show and and in baby, have you got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires? I do. I've read it. Okay, then you know you know exactly what I'm talking about. You follow those yeah. baby steps, making 115 today with a four year degree in information systems in a hot tech market like we're in. You're going to be making 200 by the time you're 25, and you're going to be consistently investing and being generous and living on a plan and being intentional and enjoying your money, but consistently investing. You're going to have serious bank, dude. I'm hoping. I'm no. Uh, it's not a hope. It's about. a mathematical fact. <laughs> Jordan, I just feel so much joy talking to you to hear that you're 21 years old. You've got such a great income, and you're reading Baby Steps Millionaires. You're in the middle of this process. This is just so exciting. Yeah, just don't get stupid. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I'm uh, you know living below my means. For yeah, sure. yeah. So if, if along with this promise to follow the baby steps from the and say, I'm going to avoid debt so I can keep control of my largest wealth building tool, which is my fabulous income and not commit it to freaking Lexus motor credit, (laughs) right? Not commit it to somebody else, not fall off the, not, not go be normal. 
or arrogant and think you're the exception of the rule and you can beat this or something like that. Just be boring as crap on your money stuff and just socking it away and being generous with it and enjoying it systematically with detailed intentionality like you would if you were working a, a flow chart for one of your information system situations, then you're going you're, you're gonna to be there, dude. You're going to be there. The, the, you, if you can just avoid the new car panic, if you can just avoid the, the whatever stupid things your friends get involved in like Bitcoin, if you'll just go do basic smart stuff, you're going to be unbelievably wealthy. And you've because you got such a freaking head start. Such a good head start. I love seeing those charts when it compares, you know, if somebody starts investing for retirement at 21 versus like 45. And I mean, it's just sad that a lot of kids miss out on the opportunity for all that compound interest. I mean, you know, everybody looks back and wishes that they would have done some certain things sooner. But it's like so cool to see that this generation is starting to jump on these principles early. And like Dave said, if you can stay focused, there's going to be so much temptation, the flashy car, the big house, the opportunity for a credit card, like all these temptations are going to come up. But if you can stay focused starting at 21 and push all the way through. Yeah, you're on your way, man. You're on your way. Just don't. Yeah. Just uh, avoid the the, the temptation to look successful don't nobody gives a crap how you look okay what, what you drive you know let, let's just be successful and, and you know we'll worry about how you look later uh, in in an instagram world you know let's try to actually be something instead of just look like something uh, you know the shallowness of our current culture um you know we have influencers who are influencing who have never done anything except mm-hmm. have a big Instagram account. And that's, you know, how, how do you get to be famous? You're famous for being famous, you know, in that case. Shoot me. Oh, God. But the, uh, you know, now i got a reality show. But now instead, actually, just go be, do the stuff and be successful, not well, look. Right. And it's like, it's like what you say, like the paid off house has taken the, place of the bmw is a status symbol of choice it's like man if you're 30 years old and you have a paid off house and you're a baby steps millionaire that's gonna look so much cooler than if you're driving around in a flashy car that you can't really afford with a big old loan payment like that's not really cool in the grand scheme of things like building true wealth that lasts that is that's cool in my yeah. book. well done well done hunters in el paso texas hey hunter what's up Christina, my question is uh, surrounding an incentive we receive at work. Uh, we get X amount of stock over a three-year vesting period for employee retention, and my question basically is how that's going to be taxed. As I read about it, uh, several sources say either capital gains or income tax rates, uh, but I'm trying to figure out how to decide that, and my confusion comes with there not being an initial investment by me how the capital gains would work. I was wondering if you could give me some insight. And well, in either ca- in either case, your basis is zero, so it's compensation. And if you don't, if you haven't held the stock vested for at least one year, for sure, it's not going to qualify for capital gains. So if it's under twelve months, it's going to be ordinary income, a hundred percent. A hundred percent of what you sell it for is going to be taxable in either case. Um, now, whether it, if you've held it three years. Um, is it going to qualify because it's compensatory? Is it because it's compensation? Is it going to qualify for capital gains? I don't know that for sure. You would need to check your tax advisor to be sure on that. I am not really great at details on taxes. I know some of the basic stuff, but something like that, I personally call my tax guy and find out 
so that I don't screw it up. And so I'm not going to lie to you until you know the answer to that. But it will be one or the other, and it won't be, it'll 100% be ordinary income if it's under a year, for sure. No question about that. And for sure, your basis is zero. So 100% of the amount is taxable. Just not sure which rate applies after one year. number one best-selling author Ramsey personality is my co-host today thank you for joining us America hey parents there's a lot you can't control you can't control inflation you can't control the economy you sure as crap can't control Washington DC but you can control how you'll teach your teens to face life and all of those things and the sooner they learn the better the best thing you can teach your teen this year is how to handle their money the right way how to get on a budget, how to save, how to spend wisely. The Foundations in Personal Finance Homeschool Curriculum has helped millions of families teach their kids. It'll give your teens the tools they need to win with money, pay cash for college, and stay out of debt. It's not just another homeschool curriculum. It's completely changing how teens think about money permanently. And then they come on the air here and do a debt-free scream when they're 25 years old and say, my mom and dad homeschooled me, and so when I married my spouse and they had debt, we knew how to get out of it immediately, and we knew we needed to get out of it immediately, and we knew how to do a budget. They're completely schooled up. That's what this is for. This is part of changing your family tree is the training. To learn more, go to RamseySolutions.com slash homeschool. RamseySolutions.com slash homeschool. Jen is in Phoenix. Hi, Jen. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I was in a position last year to purchase a home, but um, unfortunately, the line of work that I was in, um, I have a child who, you know, is on the spectrum, and the job that I was working, it was a child protective capacity, and they wanted evenings, holidays, and weekends. So I had to leave that job, and in the three months that it took me to get another job, um, it made better sense to sell my home and to rent it because I didn't have the cash flow. And I was wondering, um, I got the money out of my home. Um, I'm really sad that I had to sell it anyways. But I'm wondering, I'm just getting apprehensive about if I'll ever be able to enter the market again and exactly what I should do with the money that I have saved because it's, I have it all sitting there waiting to get back in the market when things are a little bit more stable. Hmm. What's unstable? Well, it's stable in, in the sense that I have a job now that, that I can be a mother and be, you know, work full-time. So are they stay, are they, is your life stable now? Oh, it is. It just took me. I knew that I would, I'm employable. I'm very employable, but it just took a couple months because know. the way that they... You said you were going to wait until things were more stable, but it sounds like they are stable. Well, yes, they are. They are. I'm sorry. So I'm nervous. What what is keeping you from going and buying a house then? I, well, I just came out. I just sold my home, and I just wanted to. I don't know the, with interest rates up and and everything. I don't know if I can actually afford. Um, I just don't know what I can afford. I don't know what would be smart. I know waiting probably isn't, 
But I'm, I just I just want to make sure that I can afford a home. So you're making a whole lot of assumptions about everything being horrible, and you don't even know the details. No, I need to, to sit down, and, and I do apologize. I'm, I just no, I'm not. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling you out. I just hear a lot of anxiety in your voice. I, I, I even wonder, I, my, my home represented more than 40% of my take-home, and I thought about um, renting the one that I had. No, I you, you did the, the right flow, thing. So you did it. the right thing. You were, you were trying, listen, here's what you chose. Here's what I heard. You chose taking care of your kid. Yeah. Which makes you like the best mom in the world. <laughs> the poorest mom in the world. The, the, by owning a home does not make you the best mom in the world. You can get into the house. There's a freaking house on every quarter. You just got one kid, though. Yeah, that's true. You made the right choice. Thank you. You were in the situation you were in with the information you had. You made the best decision you could make at the time, right? No, I did. Thank you. And and so quit beating yourself up. You're an awesome mom. Uh, thank you. Okay. Now let's breathe in, and let's put all okay. of that in the rearview mirror. Now let's look out the windshield. Okay. Okay. You now have a stable situation where you can take care of the kid. How much money you yeah. got in the bank from the sale of the house? About 70000 Okay. Nothing's on fire. You don't have to no. rush out and do anything. But let's just okay. begin the process of learning about what it is you can afford at 25% of your take-home pay with $70,000 down on a 15-year fixed-rate mortgage. And begin to look at those types of houses and go, I don't really want to buy one of those. I think I'll save a little while before and add some to the 70 before I do that. That's okay. But we're not going to sit around and watch the news. And by the way, interest rates went down this week. Oh, okay. I'm, just, yeah. I'm traumatizing myself by yeah, trying to exactly. figure out. You're catastrophizing. So yeah. I, and that's okay. I mean, you've been, through, you've been through a lot. You had a lot of stress. And I, I, what, I'm, yeah. what I want you to do is... is gain some peace from where you're sitting today and and from the fact that you did make good decisions and now let's just ease back towards the right direction of home ownership again and uh but we don't have to thrash around and say oh we can't do it because of interest rates are oh we better do it because we'll never get in if we don't rush over there and get something right now and just oh, calm sure. and let's just steady yeah facts are your friends i love that getting getting your plan together figuring out what you can actually afford laying everything out on paper on purpose so that you can see it clearly and not just feel that anxiety and just live there but i'm with dave you're a great mom you made the right decision for your family um one question i have is are you still in the same job or do you still have a pretty unstable schedule with evenings and weekends and nights no i'm, I'm looking for um, i'm in the same capacity but i'm in a job that doesn't require me i can actually work from home in this job that the other job i had to be like out in how much do you make in the, about 50 okay Not how old much. are you i'm in my late 40s okay how's old, how old's your baby she's 12 this year okay good Well, I think that's even a breathing point. You're probably feeling some of the fear from just the last time you owned a home and you were in that situation where things felt out of control and, you know, you're working the weekends. It's difficult balancing a family and even 
breathing and letting that go and just kind of refocusing as you think about buying another house, you know, and just letting go of some of that stress and difficulty from the last time. This is a new situation. You're in a totally different position. Your baby's taken care of. You're in a good spot to move forward. Yeah. Just because the last guy you dated is a jerk doesn't mean the next one has to be. <laughs> I've been dated in years. No, no. I'm talking about the last me. house didn't work because you bought too much oh, house and it was an unstable job situation. So the new house doesn't have to be a jerk. It can be a, it'd be okay, right? Definitely. And I guess what I'm wondering is I don't, I don't mind dating. I mean, my job, I can't, whether I like it or not, they're putting 12% away from me of my salary and I can be matching it. So I can't even touch that. So I'm, I'm whether I want to save for retirement right now, I'm saving anyway. Okay. All right. Well, but, you're, um, you're, you're moving in the right direction. You got everything going. So what I would tell you to do is if you're debt free, let's hold that 70,000 and begin to add to it. Get in touch with uh, one of the uh, endorsed local providers, one of the Ramsey trusted real estate agents in your area. Sit down with them and say, listen, I'm a little scared and freaked out because I bought too much house last time and it scared me and I had to get out of it. I don't want to do that again. And so I need to get start gathering information to help me make a calm, wise decision. Teach me, help me, show me the market, and let's begin to work our way through that. And they will gently, gradually, slowly show you and you you'll get your confidence based on the new knowledge you start gathering from this elp with the heart of a teacher well i think that's good for anyone sitting on the sidelines of the real estate market right now because the reality is every day there's a new news article out that sounds scary and there's a million different opinions and there's a lot of fear you know you have a very legitimate situation where you know you had some family things and too much house that caused fear now but there's a lot of people feeling fear for a lot of reasons so sit down figure out the facts talk to a professional who knows what they're doing and can bring peace yeah when you're feeling all hyped up folks uh, Deloney talks about this all the time facts are your friends no one makes good decisions when they're afraid greedy or drunk This is The Ramsey Show. Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. This is the Ramsey Show in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Kyle and Trisha are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Welcome, welcome. Where do you live? Oxford, Indiana. Cool. Welcome to Nashville. We're glad you're here. Thank you. And how much debt did you pay off? 433000 All right. How long did this take? Seven and a half years. Woo-wee. And your range of income during that time? Started about thirty six thousand and just now went to about one hundred and sixty. <laughs> well, there's a jump. Okay, and what do y'all do for a living now? Um, I'm a veterinarian and I own my own practice. Mm-hmm. And I own a welding business. Ah, a welder and fabricator. Okay, 
So I'm guessing you came out of vet school and that's where some of this additional jump in income came from. It did. Um, and then it went back down mm-hmm. while, when I quit my first job. And then it went back up slowly yeah. as I built the business. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. So uh, $433,000 worth of vet school bills? A lot of it, yeah. It was about 230000 of student loan debt. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really pretty F-350 Platinum truck in there. Good, uh, good. Uh, yeah, large animal, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. With a vet box. Yeah, um, you, yeah you're... <laughs> I, I looked really good yeah, going you did, there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't look that good now. <laughs> no. Now you just make money. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so, sir. Um, but credit cards. Um, but yeah, a lot of student loan debt. Y'all, y'all are fun. Good. Very cool. Okay. So what happened seven and a half years ago got you started on this whole Ramsey way? So it actually started back when I was an undergrad. Um, my dad works for Nucor Steel, and they put all oh, yeah. of their employees yeah. through uh, financial peace. When you were a little kid. I was um, in undergrad, yeah. and so uh, it was at the Holiday Inn, and yeah. it was the 13-week course. Yeah. So I drove down from Purdue and went to every lesson, and I loved it, but I had no income, no bills. I didn't know how it could apply to me at that point, right. but I always kept a $500 emergency fund through college. All right. Um, but I had big dreams of going to vet school. I'd wanted to be a vet since I was four uh-huh. and um, it costs a lot of money to do that. It does. And um, we it's, got- It's as expensive as med school. It is, yeah. it is. And so we got deep in, deep in debt. Um, and I kind of woke up again as a third year and realized, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? Mm. And so our good friends, Matt and Sarah, was uh, Sarah was also a third year. And so we took FPU again as married couple. Um, mm. And I vowed then, like, okay, we're going to do this. Um, but then I graduated. Mm-hmm. And I might have got a little doc-itis. Mm-hmm. And that's when I bought the truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was when I quit my first job and decided that I wanted to live differently and practice medicine differently that I really buckled down and said, no, this is it. We're done. And that was seven and a half years ago. So you got your own practice now? I do. We sold our first home Mm -hmm. um, and lived in a rental and now we live in the practice. Oh, wow. So we built from the ground up. Um, I was a year out of vet school when I Mm -hmm. quit my first job. Mm -hmm. Um, I had eight clients in my truck Mm -hmm. and we built the building five years ago. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of debt to pay off in seven and a half years and in that income range. What did this journey look like for y'all? Yeah, so it was a lot. Um, But one key point that I wanted to point out with you was that we, I was fortunate in 2016 to apply for the Veterinary Medical Loan Repayment Program. Um, In our area, there's eight districts in Indiana. um, And we, I serve a low, um, a population for rural practitioners. And so I was awarded 75,000 uh, through the USDA of grant money. Um, and then I actually got that again in 2021. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So 150 of this came from grant money. Yeah. And ding, so ding. Well I, done. <laughs> yeah. So I was asked to um, be on the board to select the next award winnies, winners and then I was like but I still have student loan debt can I can I apply again and I did so three times no just twice oh, oh that was the second time <laughs> yeah, I got sorry. you oh okay <laughs> I thought she just keeps going back it's like, awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah very cool and Kyle yeah, you've had cool. your business the whole time yeah about 10 years um, okay 
Yeah, I've been welding and plugging away. So good, good. Um, Did y'all do anything unusual to get out of debt? Did you, you know, do any side hustles or you know just get super tight with the budget? What was like the hardest part, most interesting part to y'all? I think living in the practice has been the most interesting. I mean, financially, it's helped us tremendously. Um, but when we built the practice, I wasn't going to have any children. And now I have two. Mm-hmm. And, and y'all so, still live there? Yeah, we have a two-bedroom. <laughs> it's about a 1,000 square foot. That is cool. That we live in. <laughs> so large animal, small animal, both? I do both. Okay. Yep. All right. Very cool. And you've got a welding shop, or you just do on-site work? Or? Yeah, I've got a shop and a truck. I go out and do mobile work. Um, a shop there at the same site? Uh, no, it's no. up the road a little bit. Okay. But, um, right. but yeah, it, you know, I've had other jobs as, along the way, too. You mm-hmm. just work as much as you can. And um, for me, staying humble and what we've got to work with um, was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. for the people who think it can't be done, people who are sitting with 400000 yeah, right, $1,000 in debt, what would you tell them? Contentment. It's mm. huge. Um you know, when I when I graduated and bought the truck, that's what I thought a vet did. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Um, and when I sold that truck for my boys and knowing that we could have more, that's when it changed. And we were paying off 80000 plus a year at that point. Um, you know, I, w- I still show up to farm calls and they ask where the veterinarian is because uh, I drive not a nice truck now um but you know i'm still the veterinarian that i was supposed to be you're more now yes yeah because you can actually concentrate on the animal instead of the i can practice truck payment i want to practice (laughs) for sure well you're walking examples of that contentment like to live in the practice to give up the truck to be content that way that's that's impressive it's It's powerful it's powerful and got great next chapters coming i mean the next the next five years gonna be amazing Yep. Yeah, because, um, yeah, the, the um, I can see it on you. I can see the, the piece on you. And um, what, what folks don't realize running a business is that's unbelievably attractive. Yeah, yeah. And so the number of people that are going to come and do business with both of you because you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And um, that's uh, it's a different world. It's a different place to be. Well done, y'all. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. you. You're Thank incredible. You. You're an incredible you. young couple. Who very are your wonderful. biggest cheerleaders in the process? Oh, I mean each other for sure. And yeah. um, our parents um, and my employees, they mm-hmm. have to listen to you constantly. <laughs> um, I do surgery to you. I do all of my office work to the show. Um she and does. It's on all the time. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Some, somewhere there's a hound dog that woke up out of anesthesia and is now out of debt. Yeah. 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 But, you know, they're all cheering us on. And, um, you know, I hope that we've maybe helped a few along the way as well. Um, and then I've been fortunate to lead FPU. Um, I'm coming up on starting my sixth class. Oh, wow. Here Thank next you. week. And so, um, Thank you. you know, all of them have been very much yeah. part of our journey well thank you for doing that that's yeah. it's very rewarding the the biggest thing that i guess i'm walking away other than being debt free um is feeling my money i love that mm. um when i walk into a gas station i've got i'm using cash mm-hmm. and i appreciate you teaching me that yeah. because man you can spend a lot of money sure you know, just a couple times of the gas station every all right day. Let's, let's bring the boys up here and introduce them what are their names and ages 
Uh, so Case is five, mm-hmm. and Kane just turned three. All right. We got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you, Total Money Makeover, and a Ready? Financial Peace membership. Kyle, Trisha, Case, and Kane from Indiana, 433000 paid off in seven and a half years, making thirty-six to one sixty. Very impressive. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, three two, two, one. We're, we're debt-free. This is the Ramsey Show. scripture of the day galatians 5 13 for you were called to freedom brothers only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another audrey hepburn said as you grow older you will discover that you have two hands one for helping yourself and the other for helping others very good Christina Ellis, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today. John is with us. John is in San Antonio, Texas. Hey, John, what's up? Hey, Dave and uh, Christina. I um, just had a quick question for y'all. I'm a uh, master financial coach on Baby Step 4. I've been following you and your program for, uh, gosh, over five years. Um, I switched careers about almost two years ago to become an insurance agent and that job went um, full-time remote, Uh, got engaged um, to a girl who lives in Mexico and had been spending a lot of time between Texas and working in Mexico. And um, I just wanted to see your thoughts. I've been seeing this opportunity and, and, you know, moving away from, from California after being there for so many years because of the expense, um, I've been seeing that, you know, you can have a pretty good life, like in, in, in a safe part of Mexico and even a beach life and things like that. And I've been thinking about, you know, maybe doing that in the, uh, you know, going forward here one day as kind of like a more permanent move. And just wondered your thoughts on that. Your reason for doing this is that your girlfriend is there? No. Well, um, she, we're going to be, we're going through the immigration process and she's going to be having to live in the U S under green card before, um, she can become a U.S. citizen. But then once she does that, my real motivation is because of the, the U S dollars of income and spending pesos, which, you know, pretty much takes you, you know, takes you a lot further, right? It takes your money a lot further. Mm. No, I mean, it converts and then. It's a bazillion pesos. You know, pesos about a nickel right now. And um, so it just takes a lot of pesos to get, you know, 20 of them to get to a dollar, right? Still. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. And, and my, 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 well, I guess. It's still a $200 uh, hotel room, and it's still the equivalent of $200 in pesos. It's not like because the peso is less that the hotel room is 120th. It's still there. 
Right. Like, like for example, my, my fiance has a two bedroom um, apartment for $500 a month, you know, and like, in, you know, in a great area, you know, and that's considered like, you know, the rich part of town here. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, the cost of living in general in Mexico is there, but it's not because of the conversion of pesos. It's just the cost of living is lower. Um, and in many cases, the standard of living is considerably lower, but not every case. Um, I love Mexico. I, um, I, and, and honestly, I love Mexican people. They're some of the sweetest people on the planet. I just, I, I thoroughly enjoy traveling there. Um, so I'm a fan in that regard. Um, I, 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 you know, and if you're a young guy getting married and you, you want to call that, uh, would I expatriate to Mexico? No, I would not. But would I live there for a while as an adventure with your new bride? and say, we're going to live here for four or five years and just have that part of our adventure, and then we might move back to Texas. But you don't have to take the U.S. off the table, and it's certainly not a statement that the U.S. is going down the toilet because you want to do that. It's just like, hey, man, I could go down and live on the beach, and it doesn't cost a lot, and we're young and married, and this sounds like a fun portion of our life. Let's go do that. It's like some kid backpacking Europe for two years after they get out of college or something. That's cool. Go do it. That's great. You know, that's fine. But... um. But I wouldn't say that this is like a permanent thing or a policy decision or everyone ought to do it or something like that. It's just like you're just kind of on an adventure. You're going to go surf a little. I'm assuming you can run your business from there, right? Uh, I'm working for an employer in my uh, small small agency, and they they don't have a problem with me doing this. Um, I mean, I've been doing it for about seven, eight months now off and on. Yeah. The internet's great, and and you know it's safe where I'm at, and yep. you know, and you know, that's I mean, like the fourth time you've said I mean, it's, it's safe where I am. <laughs> so, which means, that, which is is an indication that you do understand the truth. It's not all safe. So, um, yeah, I'm with, law and order is a problem. Yeah, I'm with Dave. Mm-hmm. I think if this is something that you want to do because it's fun, it's something that you want to do to be near your future wife's family. If this is something you want to do because it's a joy and an adventure. That sounds awesome, but if it's out of fear that you're, you know, not going to have enough money here in the U.S., if it's something that's kind of just a negative thing where it's like you're you're going to Mexico to try to save money, but you know there's fear around money here, and does the convert like that? That kind of sounds like a bummer. I think that in the career that you're in, you can make enough money to have a great life here in the states. Um, but again, if it's exciting, then then more power to you. Living on the beach, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Have some fun with it. All right, Mike is with us. Mike is in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Mike, what's up? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? Um, I started watching uh, your your show and listening to your show about five years ago, and it was then I decided to get serious about paying debt, so thank you very much for that. Thank you. Um, Since then, I've paid about $382,000 in debt, and all I have left is the mortgage. Yay! Good job. Yeah. So after paying about $150,000 towards the mortgage and then refinancing at a lower rate, I kind of fell off the bandwagon of the 15% investing and tackling the mortgage and then instead opted to save approximately 60% of my income for the last two years. So I stopped heavily going after the mortgage. So on short notice, I got moved for a job and in two weeks, I'm going to close on a new house for 415000 and because of such short notice, I didn't have enough cash for down payment, so I took a brokerage loan of 80000 for the down payment. I plan to keep my previous primary residence as a rental. 
Um, so all this has got me focused on paying back debt, and I'm planning to be 100% debt-free in six years. The question I have is, I know you recommend the smallest balance first because of behavior modification reasons, but does that same principle apply to mortgage debt too? No, but if I'm in your shoes, I'm not going to have that problem. I wouldn't keep that other house. You're in debt up your eyeballs, man. You, you just fell completely off the wagon and rolled down the road. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And you went to a brokerage account for a down payment. You're curling with two hairs I have left. Unbelievable, man. You are really playing it. So, no, I'm sell the other house and get this mess cleaned up you made. Would it change anything if, you know, my mortgage payment on that house is $350 a month, but it rents for 3000 Nope. And it could be additional income? Nope. Because you know how you bought that rental property that has this great cash flow? Because you borrowed against your current residence. You didn't affect, you didn't actually, but on your balance sheet, you did. Because since you didn't put down all of that equity on this current house, you're up to your debt, up to your eyeballs in debt on this current house. So it has the same effect of, hey, I had a house almost paid off and I just went and borrowed on it to buy a rental. And now I'm smiling because the rental cash flows. Nope. No sale. Hmm. I, hey, okay. you do whatever you want to do, but I'm telling you, the shortest distance between where you are and wealthy is not leveraging your personal residence up to your eyeballs to own a rental property that cash flows. It's not. You've added so much risk to your life. Um, well, the renter's going to pay it. The renters don't always pay. Well, you know, you know, you know what happened during the pandemic? It's called a moratorium on eviction, and so they sat there on their butts and didn't pay you a dime because you couldn't legally do anything about it. And they're just sitting over there grinning, living in your house for free. There went your cash flow. No, that, no way, dude. Don't need the risk. Don't need the risk. Uh, you can do whatever you want to do, but I think 10 years from today, you're going to regret this move versus if you get completely clear house and everything and then start investing on the side and save up and pay cash for your rental, that's what I would do. It's going to feel so much better that way. Like yeah. this, this way sounds very stressful, and I know so, that deep down it feels that way. Yeah, Mike, the problem with our stuff is you can't go through it like it's a buffet and just pick some of the stuff off the buffet. You kind of got to do the whole thing or it doesn't work. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. Good job, Christina. Good job, Austin and Will and Zach and Andrew and James. I am Dave Ramsey, your host. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Dave here. You can find all of our shows with the Ramsey Network app on your smartphone. It's the only place to listen to the entire back catalog of episodes. Download the Ramsey Network app in your favorite app store today. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from the Ramsey Network, like the Ken Coleman Show. Are you doing what you were born to do? I'm Ken Coleman, host of The Ken Coleman Show, where I give you practical advice to help you discover your purpose and then map out a plan to get you there. From accounting to advertising, from plumbing to production, you were created to fill a unique role and the world needs what you have to offer. Join me on The Ken Coleman Show wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.